Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. By the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is your Wednesday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you'd like to be part of the program today. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-922. Of course, so much in the news, as is every day. You know, back in the old days, and I mean the old, old days, this is pre-Obama old days, uh, the summers, we used to call, in this business, we used to call them the dog days of summer. And one of the things about the dog days of summer, that was pre-Labor Day, was that you could never dig up enough news because everybody was on vacation. Congress was on vacation. They weren't in session. Very often when Congress uh, wasn't around, the White House would take off, and you wouldn't find, it, it would be difficult. The national news was scarce. These days, that isn't the case. Now, I know Congress comes back in session. They, they come back in session within the next uh, week or two. And we shall see what happens when they come back in session. My guess is that they're going to try to get everything they've ever wanted done in this session because... Once the midterm elections come, if Democrats have to give up the House of Representatives, there is going to be a certain degree of gridlock. We have seen already what the Democrat playbook is going into the midterm elections. As you know, Joe Biden's supposed to give a speech uh, tomorrow night warning Americans of the evil Republicans and the evil white supremacist and the evil, horrible people that are trying to destroy American democracy. There's a story in the Washington Times today. Democrats go to extremes with fascist and Nazi labeling ahead of midterms. Democrats tagging their Republican opponents with extreme labels. 
linking the party to violence, fascism, and Nazis. They've been employing the tactic in tandem with President Biden, who delivers his primetime speech Thursday to call the Republican Party a threat to democracy. Now, now it used to be that the networks would not carry a presidential speech that was just a campaign speech, and that's all this is. There was absolutely nothing newsworthy about this speech that he's going to make. This is all a campaign. It is campaign positioning. It used to be the networks would tell the White House, no, we're not going to give you airtime for that. But, of course, they are in alignment with Joe Biden, so they will air this political speech. The Washington Times points out that one of the leading targets is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Democrats say he's an authoritarian and a fascist. They've gone so far to tie him to the sporadic appearances in Florida of a small group of men wearing Nazi flags and signs. And, of course, Governor DeSantis has nothing to do with those ridiculous losers. Uh, the failed... Agriculture, agriculture com, uh, commissioner down there, Nikki Freed, said that DeSantis was to blame for the appearance of a group of people waving a Nazi flag over a bridge in Tampa. White supremacists and Nazis have no place in Florida, she said. And Ron DeSantis must stop creating an atmosphere where they feel comfortable to walk down our streets. The only people that criminals and losers feel comfortable with seem to be Democrats. All you have to do is look at every blue city, and isn't Tampa one? Every blue city, and you'll find all sorts of criminals and ne'er-do-wells that the Democrats have fostered. On Sunday, the Seminole County Republican Party in Florida was spray-painted with a message, eat, S-H, you know the rest, fascist. Of course, no arrests have been made. From Joe Biden to Kathy Hochul to Charlie Crist, you see Democrats with nothing to run on, vilifying their opponents and stoking division. That's what Joanna Rodriguez, a spokesman from the Republic for the Republican Governors Association, said. And that is absolutely true. Kathy Hochul, the unelected dictator of New York says Republicans should just leave town, just get out of town. That's her take. Now, those of you following the news today know that this saga between the Department of Justice and Donald Trump has a new, fresh angle today. Pictures have been released of of so-called classified documents strewn all over a floor, identified as being in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, President Trump says the DOJ did it. They're saying that this is the condition they found it in. Um, And this is what I find ironic here. The DOJ is putting on a media case. They claim in their little redacted document that they don't want to show the investigation, the the, the way that the investigation is going. Then why are we getting this leak? Why are we getting this all over the newspapers today if they want to keep the course of the investigation secret? They are trying their best to try Donald Trump in public. That's why. 
They're trying to make this a public spectacle that has nothing to do with the legal system to condemn Donald Trump. They are saying that classified documents at Mar-a-Lago were likely, likely concealed and removed. Likely? Likely isn't a definitive yes or no. Likely means, well, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. We don't know. Likely. Well, if that's all they have is likely, why are they going public with it? If you're going to accuse the president of the United States of something, a former president, shouldn't you have your ducks in a row to say something either did or didn't happen? What's this likely BS? It's likely the DOJ is corrupted from top to bottom. It's likely Mary Garland is corrupt. It's likely. I could say anything with likely in front of it. It doesn't mean anything. It's likely maybe it'll rain tomorrow. It's likely the sun will come back out at some point. It's likely it'll snow this winter. It's likely there'll be no water in areas where there's a severe drought. It's likely Mikhail Sergeyevich Goyevich is really dead. And it's not some sort of uh, worldwide hoax. All kind of things are likely. It's likely Democrats are the most racist political party in American history and have been for their entire uh, reign of white supremacy. It's likely. But yet now you have the Justice Department telling us what's likely that the former president did. This is an attempt to try President Trump in the media. This is not the way that a legitimate investigation is run. The crap you think of is unbelievable. At the same time, our friend Kerry Pickett, Washington Times, along with Jeff Mordock, says that Attorney General Merrick Garland has issued a memo blocking Justice Department employees from communicating with members of Congress. That's because whistleblowers have now been starting to come out and say how poorly and how corrupt the Justice Department is. So what does Garland do? He's trying to stamp a lid on it. He wants to make sure that none of his folks squeal. In other words, don't snitch to Congress, even though Congress has oversight over the DOJ. Isn't this interesting? He stressed the new policies are, quote-unquote, not intended to conflict or limit whistleblower protections. Oh, yes, they are. That's exactly why he's issuing them now, to shut the whistleblowers down. They're, They're letting it be known that if you dare squeal on the inner workings of the DOJ, they put the advance notice out. We're going to come after you. You want to know why people are losing faith in America? It's actions like these. It's actions like the way that the American political system, the Democrats, liberals, operated during COVID. There's new COVID news today. There's yet another booster they want you to take. 
supposedly going to fight variants. And during the reign of COVID, life expectancy in America went down. Not surprising. All the disinformation in the news. Thank you, the Democrat Party. What did Democrats say last week? One Democrat, remember the story? 538. The, the, from, the, from, the, from Nate Silver of 538. That he thinks it's very likely that politics played a role in keeping vaccines off the shelf because they didn't want them to appear before the elections. They wanted to wait until after the election. So there was, he believes this is a wide story that deserves to be picked up and investigated. Of course, there's no mainstream journalist going to look into this because they don't want to point the finger at themselves as being willing to kill Americans for their own political value. But what we know, they've already done that. We know what the lies that they told about what works and what doesn't work. Hydroxychloroquine, the way they mocked ivermectin and all the other medicines that frontline doctors were using to cure people and to help people survive. They mocked all that. How many people died that didn't have to die because they were given misinformation by Democrats and by members of this government about the proper treatment? How many Americans died? Is it any wonder life expectancy went down? Is it any wonder now they're trying to make sure that you get your kids vaccinated? especially your young babies, even though there's a 0.01% chance of fatalities among this particular age group. More misinformation that they've been pumping you with. This government, under Democrats, are the biggest fabricators of information I've ever seen in my life. And yet, they're out painting a picture that everyone else is evil. Before we go to the break, let us hear today from, again, the White House spokesgirl and see what the spokesgirl has to tell us. This, of course, Karine Jean-Pierre. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear, as he can be, on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party, uh, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. So you, ladies and gentlemen, you, you are the extreme threat to American democracy. James Goldman, Snurley. Both Snurley's Rush Hour coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Van Morrison brings us back. Hey, where did we go? 77. Days when the rains came. WABC. Playing the hollow. Playing a new game. Van Morrison's birthday today. Brown eyed girl. You know what? 
I wish I could be happy about this uh, news day, but I'm not. It's nice to just have a good diversion and groove for a moment. But we got to get serious here. So uh, there's a story that I talked about last week, and it was one of the more tragic stories I think that you'll ever hear about. A 10-year-old girl who came into this country illegally was taken advantage of. You remember I spent a little bit of time with this story because I said at the end of it that Joe Biden is complicit in this, and he is. This girl was raped multiple times by the family that supposedly claimed her as one of their own, even though she was not a family member. But of course, we're bringing in so many illegal immigrants and spreading them throughout the country. No one can vet any of this. We don't have the resources to do the necessary background checks in this country to see who's telling us lies and who isn't. And this 10-year-old girl was a victim. This 10-year-old girl also had had her mouth. I mean, imagine what it takes to take a knife to the mouth of a 10-year-old girl because you don't like the way that she cooked your breakfast. But that's what happened to this 10-year-old girl. Her mouth was sliced open because one of these Fiends, one of these alleged human beings was unhappy with the way breakfast was prepared and cut this girl's mouth open. Members of the family took turns raping her. Ten years old, she got pregnant, miscarried, and now she's been freed from the torture that she was under. And I said at the time that this is just the tip of the iceberg. We don't know the full extent of this, and we don't. There's a story today in Fox News. New York sex trafficker may have hundreds of migrant victims forced into prostitution by the threat of deportation. That's what the FBI has found. Yesenia Gomez allegedly posted ads for phony waitressing gigs before coercing illegal immigrants into becoming prostitutes. The FBI expects that hundreds of illegal immigrant women might have been victims of a New York sex trafficking scheme involving a purported female ringleader accused of luring women with online waitressing job ads before she forced them into prostitution. She simply told these women, I want to turn you over to immigration. The FBI says that Yesenia Gomez arrested August 12th Westchester County Safe Streets Task Force and local law enforcement partners participate in Operation Cross Country and that there might be hundreds of victims. They've identified over 1,600 ads linked to Gomez promoting prostitution. These ads go back for over a decade. Hundreds? Who knows how many women were trapped into this? The FBI said the ads were found on Facebook, bedpage.com, megapersonals.com, and Gomez possibly used the business name Chicas Express. According to a federal complaint, she preyed on new arrival Spanish-speaking migrants to force them into prostitution in Westchester County and the Bronx. By the way, who represents the Bronx? Parts of it, anyway. That would be AOC, right? Yeah, AOC. Mm-hmm. The complaint details, has AOC said a word about this? Has any reporter in our mainstream press asked AOC about this? Will any reporter 
for a mainstream outlet, whether it be television in New York, local television, local radio, the local newspapers, will any of them ask Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez about these illegal immigrants, Spanish-speaking, being preyed upon, newly arriving Spanish-speaking migrants that are being forced into prostitution? You think anyone will ask her? Gomez, who also goes by the aliases Carolina and Yusinie Peguero, Peguero, allegedly conducted a phony interview for the gig, but women showed up. She demanded the victims start having sex for money or else she would call federal authorities to have them deported. One Venezuelan woman complained initially, refused, but she was bullied and threatened for days until she eventually agreed to see up to three clients and three clients a night. Three clients a night. Mm-hmm. You're a sex machine. Forced into it. She was arrested finally in Tarrytown when an undercover agent got involved. And the FBI is now saying that they want to ensure that any victims come forward. And do you think any will come forward? Do you think many will come forward? They were scared of being of having immigration called on them. Now what are they going to do now that federal law enforcement is involved? I take you back to the Democrats and their machine, their media machine, complaining that Donald Trump was separating immigrant children from their parents. They used a photo back then of immigrant children in one of the detention centers being crowded and sleeping under these aluminum blankets. And they said this was what was happening under Donald Trump, except the picture that they used was from the Obama years, because you see Obama did that too. And all of this, they never bothered to tell people that the reason that children were being separated from their parents was because of the Flores decision, which happened under Bill Clinton. And it was an agreement between the ACLU and the Clinton administration that said you could not hold immigrant children in these detention centers for long periods of time. And so they were separated from their parents. This has been going on for years, decades. And they were placed with other relatives or placed in foster care or whatever. This was done because liberals demanded that children not be held at these detention centers. But yet they tried to use it as a cudgel, a political weapon against Donald Trump, when in fact this happened all through the Obama years, it happened all through the, the, the remainder of the Clinton years after this Flores arrangement went into place. But yet there was an, uh, an outcry. He's horrible, but a horrible man. You remember this. You remember turning on the TV and seeing it splashed all over the news. You remember the newspaper stories. Oh, how horrible. Look what these Republicans, look what this horrible Donald Trump does. Where are the corresponding stories today about immigrants by the hundreds 
and we know this is just the tip of the iceberg. Let's call it what it is. Since everyone likes to use the words likely, let us use the words likely. There are likely tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, of illegal immigrants being placed in these kind of illegal situations because people prey on them. And yet the Biden administration is doing nothing, and yet we hear nothing from the mainstream press about those involved in this. We hear nothing tying this administration's policies to it at all. Joe Biden and his Democrats are complicit in every single one of these horrible acts. They are complicit in the child trafficking that is going on with these pedophiles. Let me go one step further. It's not just illegal immigrants. How many reports have we had over the decades that there have been serious pedophile rings in Hollywood, and yet there is no investigation? We've had young child actors coming up for years saying, there's a problem in Hollywood. Where, where are the investigations? Where are the investigations into who else was on Jeffrey Epstein's plane and how many underage? We know Prince Andrew. But what about the Americans that were involved? What about the rich billionaires that were involved? How come pedophilia, this child pedophilia, whether it's with immigrant girls and boys, doesn't merit any attention from our mainstream press? Why is that? WABC, Talk Radio 77, Boston Early's Rush Hour. If you want to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Coming back right after this. You having a good time, Joe? Come on, man. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. W-A-B-C Talk Radio. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Tom Jones brings us back. Pussycat, pussycat, I've got flowers and lots of hours to spend with you. So go and bother your cute little Pussycat nose. Pussycat, pussycat, I love you. Yes, I do. You and your pussycat nose. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, grab him by the pussycat nose, right? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, let us, uh, my friends, before we get to the phones, a few more stories let's cover. And here's one that I find disheartening. Maybe you will, too. Hard-up Americans are now taking out loans to pay for what? Groceries. People in America, the United States of America, are now taking out loans to pay for groceries. That is radical. The use of buy now, pay later services for basic goods is rising quickly in the U.S. Apps like Klarna and Afterpay offer installment payments with no interest, but, 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 
They can charge a hefty late fee, and critics say they're luring customers into debt. Americans now can even pay for a Chipotle burrito, a Chipotle burrito on installment. You can buy a burrito on installment. These pay-later firms are now saying that they offer better alternatives than high-interest credit cards. This is where we are in America. People are now using layaway to buy their groceries. I'm not layaway, but buy now, pay later for their groceries. Meanwhile, out in California, Democrats have passed a bill to aid fast food workers. They're saying that fast food workers under this bill might be forced these those people who own fast food shops might be forced to pay workers up to $22 an hour. $22 an hour to flip burgers in California. 20% more. That's what thinks that's what some people think it's going to cost to buy fast food because of course people are going to have to raise prices those people that own the businesses. How many days, how many, what percentage of the time do you think since he's been president that Joe Biden has spent on vacation? Let us do a spontaneous pop quiz to members of our esteemed staff. Kevin, how much time do you think that Joe Biden, what percentage of time do you think since he's been in office? that he has been on vacation. I'm going to go with a solid 20%. I'm going to go 20% here. 20%. Okay. Scott, your turn. Is this like the price is right? Were you closest without going over? Yeah, something like that. 40. I'm going to say 40. Okay. Pete, who's... who's... One dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What percentage of time do you think that Joe Biden has spent on vacation? Ay, ay, ay. I'm going to say 33, a good third. Okay. We have a winner. It would be Scott. 40% of the time that Joe Biden has been in office. 40% of the time that Joe Biden has been in office, ladies and gentlemen, he has spent on vacation. And you oh, know what that means? Yeah, you know what that means? That means that there haven't been press around because they keep him sheltered from the press. He doesn't have to answer any questions. You rarely see the vacation pictures once in a while, like when he fell off his bicycle. He's, uh, you know, he also does a lot of away trips. But most of the time he goes back to Delaware. 40% of the time, he's on vacation. 40%. That is more than any other president that we've ever had. Give me a little break here. 40% of the time. Now, people might be offended. I wish that it were 90%. Because the more this guy's around, the worse this country, the worse the direction of the country heads. I wouldn't mind if he took 90% of the time, 95% of his days off. 
Come on, man. I'm telling you the truth. I wouldn't mind not one bit. John Fetterman, we talked a lot about that race going on in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman says he's not going to debate Dr. Oz. And he also is accusing Dr. Oz and his campaign of being very mean to him. They very, very mean. John Fetterman says that, that, that Dr. Oz is mocking him because he had a stroke. And that's not nice. It's not nice to mock anybody that has a stroke. And, I mean, I think we all can agree that, that one should never mock anybody that has had a stroke. I mean, w- but what do they consider mocking? Here's what. The Mehmet Oz campaign said, hey, listen, we know you're recovering from a stroke. If you come to a debate, you can use your earpiece and talk to, to you. And please, you can keep notes by your side. Normally, this stuff isn't permitted. You're not allowed to use your earpiece to communicate with staff. But they said, go ahead, use an earpiece if you debate. Let's relax the rules of the debate. You can keep notes by you. And if you need... More than necess- more than the usual bathroom breaks, we'll do that. I don't think that that's mocking. I think that that's trying to say we understand that it may be a little bit difficult for you. But of course, now Fetterman is saying, "Oh no, 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 no! He's mocking me because I had a stroke. He's mocking me. They're mean. They're mean." Well, the Washington Examiner has a piece today that says that Fetterman is effectively admitting that he's not fit to be a senator. He's not in good enough shape because he can't or won't sign on to debate Mehmet Oz because he's trying to recover from a stroke. I'd love to hear what some of the voters in Pennsylvania think about this. And also whether you think it's mean to say to a stroke victim, that, you know, listen, we're not going to do the usual debate rules. The Oz campaign says it would pay for any additional medical personnel that Fetterman might have to have on standby. He can have more bathroom breaks. He can have all of his notes on hand, along with an earpiece to obtain answers from his staff. Fetterman says, my recovery may be a joke to Dr. Oz and his team, but it's real for me. Well, I think it's real for them, too. They're trying to say, look, we know what it's like to recover from a stroke. For goodness sakes, that's not mocking. Telephones. Let's start with Sal. He's got news on a story that I wanted to cover today, too. But since Sal has it, I'll let Sal tell everybody what the story is. Sal from Putnam County, how are you? Hi, Bo. First time caller here. Now, uh, I wanted to get your take on uh, multiple articles I've seen from the New York Post that I've been reading at work that uh, they're claiming, as well as them mentioning Ben Shapiro, saying that the GOP should move on from Donald Trump if they're going to have any chances of winning back Congress. You know, I don't agree with this, but I wonder, like, what do you think about that? I don't agree with it either. You know, I know Ben Shapiro. I like Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro and I have a friendly relationship, and I think Ben's wrong when it comes to this. And, you know, people are entitled to have different opinions, so I'm not taking it personally. I think the New York Post is wrong. 
I mean, I see this everywhere. I see the continued pounding that he takes in the Washington Post. The Washington Post every day has articles from liberals warning us that Republicans had better ditch Trump. Well, no, thank you, Washington Post. We don't need to take our advice from you or marching orders from you. I think the New York Post is echoing the fear that some Republicans have that there is Trump fatigue. I think that if the Republicans abandon Trump, then they are abandoning the largest segment of their base, and it will not turn out well for them. Donald Trump has stood up for Republicans and has stood up to fight Democrats when no other Republican would, and he's done it very often with a political knife shoved in his back by rhinos, like the Liz Cheney's, like the Adam Kinzigers, and this is no time to abandon Donald Trump. Donald Trump hasn't abandoned America. Donald Trump hasn't abandoned fighting for this country to become prosperous again. And now you have all these Democrats trying to blame uh, MAGA people, the ultra MAGAs, as being fascist and being all these horrible things. No, this is not a time to give them what they want. They have wanted Donald Trump out of the political process since the day he came down that escalator. No, do not give them what they want, period. That is my take on it, Sal. I thank you. I'm glad to hear you called, new caller. We always welcome new callers here. Thank you so much. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Both Snurley's Rush Hour continues in mere moments. Some of these people need to go to a woke detox center or something. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Celebrating Van Morrison's birthday and also the upcoming gig with Tom Jones that he's got going on. Remember, catch it night up next on WABC Talk Radio 77. Let us head back to our telephones, 848-WABC is the number to call. Let's head up to Boston, to Boston, Massachusetts. Frank, how are you? Welcome. Good, thank you. I have two strategies for obtaining soccer moms' votes in November. First of all, one them that IRS audits will, cause, will force them to buy less expensive uh, sports equipment for their kids, a nice time <laughs> for their kids. And and number two, warn these women that the FBI's next search might be on the underwear in their houses. I love both of those. And let me tell you something else about this IRS. I'm glad you brought it up. The One of the henchmen for the disgraced but unaccountable uh, Lois Lerner is going to be, according to the Biden administration, the one in charge of these 87,000 new IRS agents. Now, that oh, ought to no. give... Oh, yes. no. Yes. 
That ought to give everybody that knows who we're talking about a chill. Lois Lerner is the person, along with Obama, in the Obama administration, I should say, that implemented this war that the IRS had on conservative political groups. And she, of course, resigned from the IRS, unaccountable. Nobody ever came after her for weaponizing the IRS. Well, they put her main henchman, that's what Biden wants to do, in charge of these new IRS agents. So, Frank, your warning is very timely, not just to soccer moms, but to every person that cares about law and order and fairness in this country. Thank you, my friend. Last word, Frank, go ahead. No, I, I just I just think it, it's uh, it's terrible if people do look back at how she got away with everything. If he's if he's running it, it'll be the same sort of denying people their rights. That's a, that's a scary thing you just told us. Well, it is very true. Frank, thank you so much for the call. Let us go to Putnam County and James. How are you, sir? Hey, James, it's James. Uh, thanks for taking the call. Uh one thing comes across my mind with this loan forgiveness debacle that Biden is trying to to achieve. What about the millions of service members who put who signed their name on the dotted line, wore the uniform in exchange for an education? What type of loan forgiveness do they get? Talk about a slap in their faces. This is a slap in the face to every every single taxpaying American. You know, there have been studies already. <clears throat> that say the average cost to American taxpayers is going to be over $2,000 a year to fund this. And so people that are, you blue-collar people, you didn't take out any loans. You sacrifice. You work. Now you're going to be paying for the loans of these young people that go to college, that elected to go to college of their own volition, that also elected to take loans. You are on the hook. You have to pay for it. Now, I understand that there's a case to be made that some students got really taken in by universities that promised them all sorts of things that never materialized. I get that. But nobody's talking about forcing some of these universities to use their massive endowments to cover this. Nobody's talking about actually having some of these universities reform their ways and actually tailor-make their college curriculum so that they can graduate people who will effectively go in the workforce. No, no, no. This is all let's give a handout to college kids, by the way, who happen to be the most devoted members of the Democrat Party ideology. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You pay for it. They get the money. You pay for it. James, thank you for the call. Tony in Orange County, how are you today? I mean, how you doing, James? Okay, James. I wanted to know if you, if you might have seen the uh, freak show out in Texas yesterday, where they highlighted transsexuals. Did you catch that on the air? I did. I did with okay. the one with the fake breasts that were exposed to children, and there was an apology issued afterwards. I also talked about Antifa lining up with guns outside. They had at least ten, fifteen of them surrounding the place. Nobody complained. Nobody in the press complained. The people that were complaining that when BLM stormed that neighborhood and the McCloskeys came out in front of their house with a gun, there was a national outrage by the left. Yesterday you had Antifa out in front of this drag show for children. A drag show for children. 
and not a peep. Nothing but crickets from these same people. Go ahead, Tony. Fifteens, and you didn't hear a word from Joe Biden or any of the media on the left saying anything about the guns. These guys were heavily armed. I thought they were cops at first protecting these freaks. But, uh, uh, James, what I want to say, that with this, uh, these alphabet people, I call them the LGBTQ, A1+, plus, or whatever their, their group is, it, that's all a fallacy. And we shouldn't show them the respect of addressing them by those titles. They're either, they're either queers and lesbians, which are the homosexuals, or we have heterosexuals in society, which are normal men and women that function in society as God intended when he put us here with the genders that we have and that we'll die with. There are no transsexuals. Tony. Am I correct? Yeah. I, Tony, I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with you. Let me just say this to you. I think that dysphoria is a very real thing. Now, we don't. Ex- those of us who did not grow up with, with hating our bodies or hating the way that we look, may not understand the psychological uh, nature of dysphoria. I do believe that dysphoria is real. I do not agree with mutilating children and forcing children into puberty blockers. I think that this ought to be dealt with by consenting adults who have rationally thought through and have had counseling to deal with this. But at the same time, I don't also agree with disrespecting people. Look, whether we like it or not, people are different than us, and they are all God's creatures. God created these people. I'm not going to sit in judgment on their lifestyle choice. I'm not going to do it. That's between them and God. I just, what, is, what are we told? We are told that we shouldn't judge other people. We are told that we should treat everybody by the golden rule, respect people as we want them to respect us. Now, of course, we are human beings, and we do discriminate, and by discriminate, I don't mean with, with prejudice and bias. I mean we have the ability to, to discriminate between good, bad, whatever, especially for our own lives and what's normal for us. I do understand the term normal, by the way. It is normal to be heterosexual. That is a term normalcy by numbers, not by anything else. We're talking about what is the norm in society. But I'm not going to sit any longer and try to disparage and make people feel bad intentionally by hurting their feelings, by using pejoratives or trying to cast them as somehow evil or something because their lifestyle, sexual or otherwise, is different than mine. Okay, I think that what we need to do is do what the left refuses to do, and that is to show tolerance for people that think differently than us and act differently than us. We need to be tolerant. It doesn't mean that we have to tolerate behaviors that we don't agree with, like drag shows for children or some of this other stuff that goes on, or sexualizing or grooming kids. We don't have to tolerate that. But we should tolerate people that think differently than us to the degree that, and to the degree that they are not harming other human beings and treat people with respect. I think that that is what has the most virtue in our society today, and that's what we should strive to do. That's, so I disagree with you. I understand your way of thinking, though, and I'm not I ain't mad at you. I think that uh, you ask me a question, what do I think? That's what I think. Time's up already. Gotta go. Cats at night. Cats <laughs> coming up next. John Katsimatidis. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bo Sturley's Rush Hour. See you then. Bye.
This is what organizing looks like.